On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Model 3 production may be about to go way up. Another wheel option looks highly likely for the Model 3. Good news about the federal tax credit for electric vehicles and much more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. It's good to be with you on the 124th episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one's for December 17th. 2017. Want to wish everybody a happy holiday season. Uh, by the way, in case you were curious, I will be here with you. I will not be skipping any shows. Uh, I'm not, not traveling for the holiday uh, this year, though. Even if I was, as you know, I would still aim to do a show anyway. So uh, do look for the podcast each and every Sunday or, or whatever day you happen to normally listen to it. I will be here for you. Uh, and then the other kind of interesting thing going on, you've heard me mention TeslaCon the last couple of weeks. Well, it will have already happened by the time any of you hear this. So all I can say is, I hope my talk went well. <laughs> and um, I believe there's going to be a way to listen to the archive of it if you're curious. So uh, once, if if and when that's finalized, I'll mention, uh, I'll mention uh, details of that on next week's podcast, so that if you did want to come take a listen to it after the fact, well, a, a, a view of it, view and a listen to it after the fact, because of course it is video, uh, you will have the opportunity to do that, I think. All right, let's get started with the week's Tesla news. It was a fairly busy one as we head for what I would normally expect to be a fairly slow time in Tesla news here over the next couple of weeks. I've got a couple of ideas for for some hopefully fun segments to do that that are um, what we call in the, the public publishing world evergreen, meaning they can run anytime. I'm not really sure where the heck that, I'm going to have to look up where that comes from because that's anything evergreen tree. Okay, I guess it's just around. Eh, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get started with the news. A set of 20-inch Model 3 wheels uh, official ones, the the actual sport wheels, the same style we saw on the Alpha and that are made uh, for all Model 3s in the 19-inch variant now. So those 20s, like we saw in the Alpha prototype, a set of them, not necessarily the exact same ones from the prototype, but a set of them popped up on eBay this past week, and uh, they ended up selling within a day. They, they very, very much appeared to be real. They had Tesla logos stamped on the back of the wheels. Uh, the seller seemed legit. I was poking around in it, and I have to confess, I almost, I was very tempted to buy them myself because I thought, well, you know, what if 20s don't get made for, you know, officially? I love these wheels, and I, I always have always wanted them in the 20-inch size. Maybe I should just get them, and then... Even, you know, even if they are offered on the Model 3, I could just get my Model 3 delivered with 18s and then put winter tires on the 18s and just stash those away for any any winter trips that I ever take. But uh, I, I never got super serious about it. And by the time I could, by the time I looked again anyway, they had, in fact, uh, been sold. But uh, my, my patience seemed to be paid off, seems to have paid off very shortly thereafter because I happened to catch Elon Musk on Twitter just as he posted something 
uh, I was I was on and I saw he had just posted. So I thought, okay, well, now is I've got my highest probability of him actually seeing my tweet if I send him something. And well, that's that's a ninety percent of the battle in in getting a reply from him is is just having him see it at all. The guy's got like sixteen million followers now. So uh, I went ahead and asked him. I said. Elon, are 20-inch sport wheels coming for Model 3? They've been spotted on a couple of Tesla-owned Model 3s, and a set was just sold on eBay. Seems imminent, but would love confirmation. 20s fill out the wheel wells on Model 3 so much better than 19s, uh, obviously, in my opinion. And I, I got lucky. He did reply. Uh, this is, I guess, now, what, the maybe third or fourth time he's replied to me. He replied with simply, I agree. So... Not an outright confirmation that the 20s are coming, but a, a pretty strong hint, I would think, is, is fair, a fair way to interpret that. Uh, because, of course, he's agreeing with the idea that the 20s fill out the wheel wells better than the 19s do. Uh, but he's, you know, so he's not, he's not actually agreeing to, to <laughs> he's not actually confirming that the wheels are coming, but... Uh, that that seems to be a very very good indication. Although what was odd about this is that within an hour or two, he deleted his tweet. He deleted his reply. So I have no idea why that might be. Elon has uh, he does delete tweets from time to time. He has said before that there's some things he just doesn't. He just sort of wants to clean up his own feed a little bit. But this obviously he had just tweeted it uh, an hour or two prior and. So, you know, I don't know if somebody got a hold of him and said, hey, Elon, just let's lay low on, on you know, heavily suggesting any future Model 3 features while we focus on getting things going now. Uh, that's the most logical thought I can come up with. You know, I mean, granted, Elon is not told what to do by anyone. He's, he's the boss, for better and for worse, as far as the PR department is concerned. But that would be the most logical scenario, I think, is if someone reached out and said, hey, Elon, would love it if you would delete that tweet because we don't want to uh, get too far ahead of ourselves with Model 3 while we're still trying to sort out these ramp issues. So anyway, point being, if you are looking forward to 20-inch sport wheels being an option on Model 3, it seems like there is an, an ever-increasing chance that those are coming in the not-too-distant futures. Uh, speaking of wheels, by the way, I wanted to take a quick call on the subject from Mike in Boston, who is having a bit of trouble deciding between the 18 and 19 inch Model 3 wheels. So, Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Mike from Boston again. Hope you're having a good holiday season. Um, my question again concerns the 18 and 19 inch wheel options on the Model 3 as the date gets closer. I have more and more anxiety about the choice. Um, I know that one caller mentioned something about the 19s being lower profile than the 18s, but the 19s potentially being better in snow uh, because they are larger. Uh, living in Boston and having had our first snowstorm already this year, I'm freaking out about the prospect of having a rear-wheel drive car in the snow and wondering if the hit on the mileage between the 18 and 19, which shouldn't be that substantial, I don't think, uh, maybe you could clarify that, would be worth 
having the better traction in snow. Being a Californian, you may not have much experience with snow, but if you could give me your expertise, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, have a great holiday, and I thank you very much for doing your podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it every time it comes out on Mondays. Uh, it's fantastic, and my best regards to your baby boxer. Take care. Mike, thank you for the call. You are right that I do not have a ton of experience with snow, having uh, been spending my, my driving years living in either Arizona or for the last 15 years here in Northern California. But I do have one nightmare experience with the low-profile 19-inch tires uh, in my current Infiniti uh, in, uh, in the snow, but that's a story for another day. Uh, anyway, though, I have studied this in the Tesla community long enough to be able to speak with some confidence on this for you. So what I can tell you is that the larger wheels, the 19s, they're going to give you a bit better cornering, a bit better lateral grip, and some people, myself included, think that they look better. That's obviously very subjective. However, factually, uh, subjectively, or rather objectively, the uh, 19s, don't last as long as the 18s, and they cost more money to replace. So going with the 19-inch sport reels really is a vanity play. Uh, the 18-inch aero wheels are going to have tires that last longer, cost less to replace, and will get you better range on the car. For some folks, they don't look as nice, but for some folks, they do. And remember that with the 18s, you do have the option to take those aero caps, those sort of uh, hubcaps, off of the, the aero wheel and, and just go with that sort of asterisk spoke pattern that's underneath. Now, in your call, you didn't sound necessarily super enthusiastic about the 19-inch sport wheels the way, say, I am. Uh, and, and, and by that, I mean, you, know, you didn't even really mention them one way or the other on your call. So it sounds to me like you're either consciously and or subconsciously leaning towards the 18s. And I hope, uh, hope that bit of information I've passed along will help cement your decision one way or the other. So thank you, Mike. We'll get to some more Ride the Lightning hotline calls later. For now, back to the news. And it is on the subject, you know, wheels or Model 3 parts, whether they're 20-inch, 19-inch, or 18-inch. And speaking of parts for the Model 3, it looks like a whole lot more of them will start flowing into the Fremont factory very soon. Uh, by the way, I'd, I'd like some bonus points for that alliteration sentence, that very alliterative sentence. <laughs> anyway, uh, UDN, which is a Taiwanese media outlet, this comes via electric, they are reporting that Tesla has bumped their parts orders up to uh, units, up to parts for 5,000 cars per week after having previously slashed, Tesla had previously slashed the parts order uh, with with uh, this company to 3,000 units per week. Uh, Electrek notes that uh, UDN chairman Shen Gorong even said that they now have to mobilize the whole company and work overtime in order to comply with the change and that they are even shipping parts by airplanes instead of boats. Now note that this doesn't mean that Tesla is going to start pumping out 5,000 Model 3s per week immediately. It takes time for that ripple effect to make its way up the entire supply and production chain. 
That said, this is absolutely a really good sign because the last official update from Tesla, which you'll recall we got on the Q3 analyst call, was that 5,000 cars per week was pushed back from its original uh, intended time of the end of December, meaning two weeks from now, uh, and they'd push that back to by the end of Q1. So it looks like, based on, on this uh, Taiwanese supplier, that it might be on the sooner side of Q1 rather than the later side, which is fantastic news for the still roughly half a million of us who are waiting for our Model 3. So great stuff there. Looks like some positive momentum on the Model 3 front heading into 2018 for Tesla. And keeping those good vibes rolling uh, by way of the United States government, uh, according to an unnamed Republican, which has since been confirmed, the electric vehicle tax credit is safe in the current reconciled version of the tax bill that's been uh, drafted by the House and Senate, and again, as I said, reconciled. It still has to go to a vote, and it still has to be signed by the president to go into law, but as it stands today, the, uh, it would... I mean, basically, we're in good shape either way, because if the current bill passes, the EV tax credit is safe. And again, I'm speaking entirely within the context of the electric vehicle credit. Uh, so we're, we're in good shape either way, and that if this reconciled bill gets passed and then signed, the EV tax credit is safe. If it doesn't and nothing get and, and nothing gets passed, nothing gets done in time for 2018, then the Tesla should be pretty safe too, because of course they're gonna trigger their their uh, their phase out in 2018. So really either way, we're looking pretty good for uh for the tax credit to remain. So V Bloomberg Politics reports, this is, uh, says, quote, House and Senate negotiators have agreed to spare the electric vehicle tax credit and wind production tax credit in their compromise package, according to a Republican familiar with the process. And again, that has since been confirmed. So as I said, this isn't over yet, but it is pretty good news either way for the, whichever way it, it goes for uh, as far as the tax credit is concerned. So just as a reminder... If the credit survives in whatever scenario, then Tesla is likely to trigger that phase out starting in, it's going to be either Q1 or maybe, if we're lucky, uh, we meaning Model 3 buyers, maybe Q2, because if it survives till Q2, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. So in the, in the Q1 scenario, recall that that means those of you taking delivery of your cars in Q1 or Q2 would get the full federal tax credit of up to $7,500, depending on your sort of tax eligibility. And then in Q3 and Q4, there would be half, you'd get half credit, the $3,750. If, however, the 200,000th Tesla is sold in America, the 200,000th American Tesla isn't delivered until Q2, if it slips into April, that means the full credit would run through Q3, the half credit would get into Q1 2019, and then you'd have the quarter credit still in there uh, into 2019 as well. So we will be keeping a very, very close eye on this to see what ultimately happens. And then 
hopefully, if it does survive, which again, it, it appears like it's likely to do so in, in either scenario, we'll have to wait and see where we are numbers-wise as far as how close are we to that 200,000 mark. All right, changing topics here. Let's talk charging for a second, always a popular topic. And I've got some good news on that front. Paul from Texas, I would love for you to lead me into this discussion. So, Paul, would you do the honors? Hi, Ryan. This is Paul Palmier from Lantana, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Longtime leaf driver, and I uh, currently have a reservation first day, front of the line for a Model 3. Can't wait. I was listening to your podcast today. I've just, I'm pretty new to your show. But you were talking about the wall char- charger for the Tesla for your house. And if you have already have a plug, I was going to suggest maybe just put a new pigtail in there for the 1450. Should wire right in, just like an electric, like a wall plug. You won't have to have an electrician out and plug it right in. And if you move, you can take it with you. Just an idea. Take care. Thanks for the podcast. I'll be listening again. That is definitely an option, Paul. Like I mentioned last week, though, some folks may want to charge faster every now and again particularly if they plan on owning the car for a long time. You never know that circumstances may arise every now and again where you might need to, uh, to charge up a lot more quickly. But yes, indeed, there are some extremely affordable, almost free ways to go uh, simplify your charging setup at home. And what you suggest would indeed most likely serve most folks just fine. So thank you for, the, uh, for calling in, and I welcome you to the podcast. And by the way, on this topic, just announced this week after Paul left his, uh, his call on the Ride the Lightning hotline, it was announced that there is a new Gen 2 universal mobile connector for sale on the Tesla store, and it's only $300. So Tesla seems to be listening to you guys because uh, listen to their own description. This is how Tesla describes this on the Tesla store. They say, quote, this product is included as standard equipment with your Tesla vehicle. However, purchasing another mobile connector bundle may provide extra convenience if you wish to keep one set at home and carry another in the car, end quote. So there you go. That is another excellent option. There are no shortage of ways you can tackle your charging situation, particularly your home charging situation. All right, back to the rest of the news here. A quick update in what is perhaps the biggest battle in all of Tesla's war against the state dealer associations in uh, Tesla's ongoing quest to be able to sell cars directly to consumers. That battle, of course, is in Michigan. I've talked about it a number of times every time there's been a major development. And there is a bit of a smaller development this week. You may recall that Tesla was seeking, in court, they were seeking communications to be uh, uh, sort of unsealed between lawmakers and dealers. They wanted that brought to light in the case. Uh, That request, because, of course, Tesla thought there might be some uh, damning evidence against the state and or the dealers associations uh, in there. And that request by Tesla has been granted by Judge Janet Neff. So it's not necessarily going to go public public, but it is going to be a factor in this case as it moves through the Michigan state court system. 
that is the only update for now. But again, that ruling by Judge Neff certainly plays in Tesla's favor. So look for more updates from this very, very key case for Tesla as, uh, as those updates roll in. And let's move now another semi-truck update. Now, I promised, of course, last week I said I would only give significant updates. Well, I happen to have a significant update this week, two of them, really. Now, remember last week when I told you about Cisco, the food service uh, distributor that you may, you've probably seen their silver uh, trucks, the cabs, trailers, I guess I should say, on the road with the blue font. Uh, they ordered 50 Tesla semis, and then Anheuser-Busch, yes, the Budweiser folks, ordered 40 of them. So that was 90 last week. Well, topping that, one-upping that this week, Pepsi. PepsiCo has ordered 100 Tesla semis, which now brings the total known number of Tesla semi orders to about 400, if I'm keeping proper count, which, I mean, 400 Tesla semis seems like a fantastic start to me, particularly when the very first trucks aren't even scheduled to deliver for about another 18 to 24 months from now. So good stuff for Tesla on the semi front there. Meanwhile, the other semi update to my friends in Canada, specifically Ontario. Ontario already offers one of the most generous electric vehicle tax credits in all of North America, if not the world. Well, they want to get electric semi-trucks on their roads, too. They are about to roll out a new tax incentive for trucking companies and fleets that could be worth up to $75,000 Canadian per truck, which is about $60,000 in the U.S. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Reuters. The program will offer buyers rebates of up to 60% of the incremental purchase cost of an electric truck compared with an equivalent diesel vehicle up to a cap of $75,000 Canadian per vehicle. So just bravo, Ontario. Just keeping that uh, good EV mojo going. Love seeing that. Ontario, I think, is absolutely a, a community leader for, all, for the, the entire North American, if not the entire global community on the EV front. So fantastic stuff right there. And uh, just a couple of quick things this week to finish up with the news section here. If you happen to live or work in Norfolk, Virginia, here's a quick little nugget of good news. Tesla has made a deal with the city of Norfolk to install 100 destination chargers. So look for those all around town very soon. They are expected to be installed in city-owned parking garages. So if you're out and about in Norfolk uh, and you're thinking, well, should I street park? Should I go garage? Maybe a little extra incentive to head for the garages. You, you can uh, go ahead and plug in your, uh, your Tesla in the, uh, the upcoming garage installations of destination chargers, which are, of course, the high-power wall connectors that'll get you. You know, it's not a supercharge, but it is a quicker charge than, than the sort of the standard NEMA 1450 outlet that's in, going to be in most of your garages. Lastly, this week, uh, this is just a beautiful story that I wanted to share a little bit about with you here. Tesla did a wonderful, wonderful thing that I want to tell you about for a Model 3 reservation holder who 
uh, he has stage four terminal cancer, and he has been told that he may only have about three to four months to live. Uh, the, you know, I, I've mentioned the Tesla Motors Club forums a number of times on this podcast, and there was a posting by this gentleman, and he had said, uh, well, it was later confirmed to be a gentleman. There was no, didn't know uh, up front, but he, uh, he was saying, hey, is, is there any way to sort of move up the, the reservation queue? This was, this was um, gosh, only a few weeks ago. It's all, it's a lot of, a lot's happened very quickly. And he was just, you know, he said, hey, I've, I've got terminal cancer. Uh, is there any way to move up the queue? And this came to be brought to the attention of uh, Bonnie Norman, who also frequents the Tesla Motors Club forum. In fact, I would love to have her on here someday. She's a, just a wonderful woman, a wonderful part of the Tesla community if you've ever met her. Odds are, if you've been to a Tesla event, you've probably met Bonnie. Uh, she's just an extraordinary positive force who's who's always out there. Uh, she's got, she actually has the, the, uh, the designation, or I guess the, the honor would be a better way to put it, of owning the final Founders Series Model X. She had the rights to signature number two. She waited on the, on the waiting list for a long, long, long time. Anyway, um, so anyway, Bonnie does a lot in the Tesla community, and she became aware of this post uh, and and she has a lot of contacts at Tesla. Well, one thing leads to another. And first, they get this gentleman. She helped get this gentleman uh, who who lives. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's if it's if it's public or not. Anyway, he, he's you know not right near the Tesla factory, but not an an eternity away either. And anyway, uh, Bonnie found someone, uh, presumably a Tesla employee. Because that's the only; those are the only people that had the first batch of Model Threes. She found uh, a Model Three that someone to go to go uh, spend some time with this gentleman uh, in the with the Model Three, and so he got to see it. He got to ride in it. I'm not sure if he got to drive it, but I uh, saw some Bonnie sent some pictures, and uh, I just it was just a really heartwarming story. And even if the, if the story had ended there, it would have been a, a really nice story, you know. But it didn't end there. Word got to uh, John McNeil at Tesla, who is, of course, the he, he is uh, the head of sales and service at Tesla. He's, he's one of the highest-ranking executives uh, outside of Elon Musk. And, well, he, the gentleman was, was actually sent his invitation to configure his Model 3 the next day. And his he was bumped up the queue and he actually received his car this week. And, uh, there's some pictures that Bonnie posted on her Twitter. He took a, a multi-coat red model three and he just looks so happy. And, and Bonnie shared a, a bit of the story and, uh, he got a, he got a personal tour of the factory with John McNeil. And it, you know, it's, here's the thing. I mean, if any of us were in that same position, we would want, you know, we, we would want that same, that same, uh, love and care and, and treatment with a, with a, you know, with a bucket list item like that. And, um, I hate to use that term, uh, but, but he himself used it, but, uh, you know, cause hopefully he's going to have many more months and, and a long time to enjoy that car. But, 
But just the fact that the Tesla did that and took such great care of him. And I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm sure other companies do it and they, they do it quietly and, and they're, you know, they're not out for publicity. And, and that was the same thing. Tesla here too. They didn't publicize this at all. Uh, this was Bonnie with the permission of the gentleman posted some details of the story, which is the, the only reason I share it with you now. I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of, of, of uh, privacy. So I would never uh, share, share something like this without, uh, if it had not already been sort of green lit, but, but it just made me, it's just a heartwarming story. You know, it's that, that people would sort of come together and, and do this for, for this gentleman. And it just makes me all the more enthusiastic and all the more, quite frankly, proud to, to spend time, the, the, the time I invest every week in doing a podcast about this company, about Tesla because there are people, you know, it, it was, as Bonnie phrased it, it takes a village. You know, this was not just John McNeil. This was not just Bonnie. This was, you know, there were a lot of people involved to make all this happen. And it's just a beautiful story. Electrek did a write-up. There's, uh, again, Bonnie's, Bonnie Norman's Twitter, if you want to look there. That's really where you can get the, that's sort of where it all originated, if you want to take a look at her her photos and the stuff she she shared about it. But just what a wonderful thing. And uh, I wish that gentleman just not only many months, just thousands of miles and, and months and hopefully years of joy uh, in that Model 3. And, and kudos to everybody involved at Tesla and, and certainly Bonnie who, uh, who helped make a thing like that happen. Because that's just, you know, again, Tesla wasn't out for publicity on it. They just did it because good people work there. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So... That wraps it up for the news this week. Got plenty of good calls lined up for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline. I believe it's six of them. You've already gotten a taste of two of the good calls we've had this week earlier in the podcast. So i uh, got a handful more for you coming up right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I absolutely welcome you to call in anytime, day or night. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. You can also just record your question on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and email me that file. The email address for the podcast is teslapodcast at gmail.com. But I want to thank uh, Life on Record, rather. I was going to say, I want to thank Ride the Lightning Hotline. Like, no, that's the wrong thing. I want to thank lifeonrecord.com for uh, providing the Ride the Lightning Hotline each and every week. Let's kick it off with David from Salt Lake City. He's a bit frustrated uh, with with finances, getting the, uh, the ducks in a row before his Tesla delivery. So uh, let's see if we can help David out. David, you're on the air. Hey, this is David from Salt Lake City. Last week on the podcast, you talked about getting our finances ready for the Model 3. And I'm a little frustrated because I don't know how I can do that without knowing the cost of dual motor all-wheel drive. I plan on waiting for the dual motor. I'm 99% sure that I will. But I expect my configuration email in a couple weeks. And I'm kind of upset that I'm going to have to make the decision without knowing 
what the dual motor is going to cost. So I know that some people have um, mentioned that it's probably going to be less than $5,000, but frankly, I just don't have any confidence that that's the case. So want us know what your thoughts are. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. I hear you, David. It is unfortunate that Tesla did not list any kind of ballpark base price for the dual motor all-wheel drive cars in my Tesla, which is, of course, where you can go check on your Model 3 reservation status. And while I don't blame you for not having any confidence in the estimates of, say, people like me on what that dual motor option is going to cost, look at it this way. There is absolutely no way that it costs more than what it costs on the Model S, though obviously it's no longer an option on the Model S since they've made it standard, but we know what it was. So if you, if you subscribe to that, you could budget for $5,000, which is what it used to cost on the Model S, and then you could just be pleasantly surprised if it's less than that, as I think it'll be a bit less than that. Now, the one wrinkle that could still mess up your plans is smart air suspension. And you're wondering, why the heck am I saying that? Well, remember when I reported Elon's own reply to me, uh, one of his most recent replies to me, uh, since the one, uh, other than the one from this week, about this very topic. And he said that uh, dual motor, or rather that smart, he said smart air suspension is, quote, linked to dual motor config. So the thing about that is we don't know if that means that they're in an option package bundled together, or if he just means that smart air suspension will be available at the same time that dual motor is. And if it is a bundled package, what will it cost? It should be no more than $7,500, since that's what the combined pricing of those was on the Model S back when those were both individual a la carte options. So... I hope that helps. I know that's not a complete panacea for, for uh, your, your worries there, but I do hope that helps. On the subject of all-wheel drive, let me go next to Justin right here in San Francisco, who's wondering why I am going with all-wheel drive when I live here. Justin, let's talk. Hey, Ryan, uh, Justin in San Francisco, uh, second-time caller. Uh, hit me with a question. I am wondering why you are getting the all-wheel drive. I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm actually just curious. We're both in San Francisco. I know we both have youngish kids, both live in the city, all those sort of things. And if it's for Tahoe and you guys go up a lot, that's kind of my suspicion. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of get confirmation from you as to why you're doing all-wheel drive in the Bay Area. Um, I'm originally from Ohio, and everybody had to preach you had to get all-wheel drive back there. But here... Uh, I'm wondering if it's really necessary. So that's it. Uh, I'm curious to get your answer. Really enjoy listening to it. Uh, I am dying to get my car. I'm about two months away, I think, in theory. But, oh, my God, it can't come soon enough. All right, that's it. Thanks, uh, and uh, love the community you've created. It's great. Bye. Thanks for calling, Justin. I've talked about this before, but I am more than happy to mention it again. It's funny because I actually got an email from a new listener about this topic who hasn't heard my rap on this before. So I guess some folks out there might, in fact, want to hear it. So uh, let me tell you, for me, all-wheel drive comes down to a few things. First, I've waited for this car for so long, it's going to be, by the time I take delivery, by the time it gets into my garage, 
it's going to be nine years because, uh, like I said, I, I fell in love with Tesla in 2009 with a Roadster event uh, that I did for the DeLorean Club and drove the car and, and then read the master plan. So this has been on my mind. I knew that what w- the car that would become the Model 3 was going to be my next car. I've known that for nine years. So that being said, I want to get exactly what I want to get with this, even if it means I got to wait a little longer. Uh, second, and this ties into that first reason, is that I'm going to need to have this car for a long time. I'm talking 10 plus years at least. My current car I've had for uh, coming up on 12 years, it'll be 12 years next month. And, you know, that's hanging onto the car for a long time. Financially, that's just part of the deal with my wife on this in order to get her to uh, sign off on it with me. And third, all-wheel drive is exactly what I want because I've driven, I've had the the privilege of driving both a rear-wheel drive Model S and an all-wheel drive Model S. And for me, in my humble opinion, it is a night and day difference in the handling. The dual-motor Model S, to me, felt 10 times better to drive. You could not flip an all-wheel drive Model S with a giant spatula. You couldn't do it. It just It's like a slot car. It just sticks to the road. It's incredible. It's, a, it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, not, that the, not that the rear-wheel drive's bad. It's not at all. It's fantastic. But I was just so blown away by the handling and the way the all-wheel drive car drives that I, that I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And you couple that with the fact that the all-wheel drive in a, in a Tesla gets you a slight performance boost off the line and a slight range boost as well. And that those things add up for me to be well worth the price of that uh, second motor, which I estimate, I've said before, to be about $4,000 uh, since it was five on the Model S and Elon has previously said that it would be cheaper than what it was on the Model S. So you are course, politely implying, uh, Justin, that I don't need all-wheel drive living here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And guess what? You are 100% right. I don't need it. This is definitely a want thing. I mean, I do plan on taking the car to Tahoe from time to time, uh, hopefully once a year if, uh, if things go well. And I know, you know, that's not necessarily, that's not a great justification necessarily. But again, I am conceding the point to you. This is definitely a want thing for me, much more so than a need thing. So uh, there's my explanation on that. And I hope that uh, helps you understand my thought process on it. Let's go next to Andrew from Ottawa, who uh, has sort of a, a PSA of sorts that I thought was was of interest. So Andrew, tell us about it. Hey Ryan, it's Andrew from Ottawa calling. I'm calling because uh, there's something going on that I think you might uh, like to know about if you haven't heard about it yet. Uh, Zoo is uh, on Facebook in, uh, in the Model 3 group and uh, he's one of the early owners of Model 3 and he's actually going to be doing a cross Canada and States tour with the Model 3 starting in early January. And he's going to be hitting just about every major city in uh, Canada and the U.S. And it's going to be 25,000 plus kilometers. And he's going to be letting people uh, go into the car, play with the touch screen, experiment with the car. Because they might, this might be their only opportunity before they take possession, depending on uh, where they are in the line. 
Uh, and he's even offering like five to seven minute test drives for I think it's ten dollars. And all of this money that isn't room and board will actually be going to charity, which is pretty sweet of him. Anyway, I thought I'd let you know. Uh, he made a Facebook group for it and an event uh, to map out his entire route. It's facebook.com slash TSLA3. That's uh, fb.com slash TSLA3. And I think, uh, think a lot of people would love to know that. Anyway, I thought I'd pass it on to you. Thanks for doing your great work. Take care. All right. Thanks for the heads up on that, Andrew. This carries on something of a tradition, by the way, that kind and intrepid Tesla owners have been doing for some time now. There have been S owners that have gone and given test drives to prospective buyers in states where Tesla hasn't been allowed to operate in the past. This sounds like a version of that, and I think that's awesome. By the way, if you can, I don't know if it's picking up on mic, but <laughs> Daisy is really snoring over there. She's been sleeping dead silent the whole podcast but she has chosen now to uh to start going full boxer snore anyway um i have not vetted this person that you're talking about myself so um i do throw that sort of word of caution out there but i i do very much hope obviously that the money raised from this really will go to a charity uh if he's saying that it's going to a charity but if he's sincere then that is, in fact, an awesome, awesome gesture. So thanks so much for letting me know, and I'm, in turn, happy to pass it on. Thank you, Andrew. Let's go next to Danny in Seattle, who has been seeing, what else is new, a lot of FUD about Tesla in the news. Uh, Danny, let's talk about that. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Danny Nelson from Seattle here. I recently got a new phone, the Pixel, which I'm enjoying, but it has a feature where I get a lot of news feeds and uh, I've been seeing a lot of FUD, as you call it, for Tesla, um, the whole bankruptcy thing and whatever. I'm wondering uh, if you'd address that a little bit, what, uh, what the FUD it currently is and how, how, uh, how they're uh, spinning it these days and stuff. Because, you know, it's just interesting. Um, I read the article, and it, and it made it sound like they'd already declared bankruptcy. Then I read it, and it's like, well, they might. It's like, and it's just like, this is so bad, but... Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear your take on some of it and see what uh, their current uh, twist is. All right, thanks for the podcast, Ryan. really appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. Well, Danny, the long and the short of it is that I usually don't bother because it's not worth wasting my audience's time with, quite frankly. It's usually not true, or it's spun in such a way that it maliciously twists information. Take the latest one from about a week or two ago. The, the thing that was saying 90% of Teslas are defective coming off the line and that Tesla cheaps out on production in order to get cars done faster and fixes them later. Now, that may be half true of early build cars, the first run of S's, the first run of X's, maybe even to an extent the first run of Model 3's. But there's no data to support this Fudster's claim. Because if that were true to the degree that they want people to believe it is, the Tesla service centers would be constantly overrun. And someone, maybe a consumer reports, somebody like that, would have caught on to it by now, I think. So I think it's, it's just ridiculous. And they are oftentimes, as Elon says in uh, a recent issue of Rolling Stone where he was on the cover, that uh, short, or rather stock shorting people want, you know, call them shorts, that's what they're referred to, shorts want Tesla 
to die, to paraphrase Elon Musk. So if they can spread that stuff far enough and wide enough, the stock price goes down and they profit. It's that simple and it's that awful, unfortunately. Okie doke. One last call here in the Ride the Lightning hotline. It comes to us from Andrew in Canada. Little uh, little mobile connector, high power wall connector talk, but also uh, a question about a Model 3 feature that has been, pardon the phrasing, hotly contested. That horrible dad joke pun will make sense momentarily. Andrew, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrew from Canada calling. I thought I'd add one more point to the discussion of UMC versus wall connect for home to charger, this home charging discussion that's been going on for eh, a good number of episodes now. For both, in both cases, the cable that actually goes into the Tesla is only active when charging is taking place. And the Tesla needs to be able to communicate with the box before it puts any power through that cable and instantly cuts off power uh, to that cable if charging is interrupted. Excellent. However, for the UMC between the box itself and the NEMA 1450 connector or whatever connector you use, that pigtail and the connector, connector itself will always have power to it. So in our home installation, what we, where we plan to install it in a relatively high foot tra- traffic area when the car won't be there, I would prefer uh, to have the wall connector as there will be no exposed, ca- no exposed live cables at any point when the uh, car is not charging. The UMC is still a perfectly adequate and very safe way of charging a vehicle. Just one minor safety concern that we have in our specific installation that I thought I'd throw out there to your audience. Another question I had uh, about the base $35,000 version of the car. From what I've read so far, I'm inclined to believe inclined to believe that there will be no heated seats in it. All the literature I've seen calls it a premium feature and even at that the premium feature uh is met, alludes to only the front seats being heated, uh, whereas in the S and X, where all seats are heated in the premium package. So I wanted to get your take on it. What do you think? The standard, the base $35,000 version, which we're already a stretch to get that one, so the premium package is out of our reach, but I like the idea of the heated seats to save a lot of energy in those uh, cold Canadian winter mornings. Uh, uses a lot less power to keep the people warm as opposed to the HVAC system. All right. Thanks a lot for all you do, Ryan, and make our Model 3 weight more bearable. Cheers. Thanks for the extra bit of info on charging there, Andrew. Now, as to your question about heated rear seats, that has been a topic of great discussion. And unfortunately, Tesla has not been super clear about it. That said, I have good news and I have bad news. So in delivery paperwork that a new Model 3 owner posted very recently, in fact, this week, there's this. There's a sheet that's, quote, what cold weather features does the Model 3 have? It's like an FAQ. And the answer underneath that on Tesla's paperwork is, quote, the launch configuration of the Model 3 includes front and rear heated seats, end quote. So that implies that it's a premium package feature because, of course, every launch Model 3 has the premium package. However, it's not definite one way or the other, and Tesla still, as I said, has not clarified. So I would say that it's not looking good 
for it being standard in the car, the rear heated seats, which I know uh, is a is disappointing uh, to you specifically because you you said in your call that you were uh, hoping to not do the premium package. But I would say that all hope is not yet lost uh, because this is not a hundred percent done deal. Take it to the bank, clarified by Tesla just yet. All right, thanks so much, Andrew, and everybody for calling in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Again, I heartily encourage any and all of you to call in with your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics. Uh, you can call in toll-free anytime, day or night. Just leave a message, 1-888-989-8752, or just record something on your smartphone and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back right after this to wrap things up. Well, with a couple of different waves of invites for Model 3 Design Studio going out this week, that means more and more of you are going to be taking delivery on your Model 3 soon. And if you're like me and you really want to protect the paint on that car and keep it looking its best, uh, you are probably considering maybe a ceramic coating, a paint correction, a paint protection film, some combination of the above. Well, be sure to check out Immaculate Reflections, particularly if you are in Northern California or if you happen to be taking delivery of your car at the Tesla factory. Check them out at irdetailing.com, also on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. Uh, They've got 16 years of experience. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. They're doing C-Quartz Finest Reserve. They're doing paint protection film. They're doing new car delivery prep. Whatever you want to do, Again, whether it's one thing or many things, they'll go to any and all lengths for you to help keep that car looking its absolute best for a long time to come. Uh, referral code, if you are purchasing a Model S or Model S, be sure to use my cousin Patrick's referral code to get yourself free unlimited lifetime supercharging, which is otherwise not available. You can just type this into your web browser, ts.la Patrick5008, or just give that code to uh, your sales advisor if you're speaking to someone at a Tesla store, Patrick5008. Patreon, uh, a number of you kindly support me on there. If you happen to, if you get a lot out of the podcast, you enjoy it a lot, it gets you a lot of information, entertainment, some combination thereof, and you feel uh, like you'd like to support me, I would greatly appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast for all of the information about the Patreon there. And I'll say uh, to, the, to the handful of folks who, uh, who canceled your pledges because of Patreon's recent changes to their fee structure, well, they heard everybody loud and clear, and they undid it all. They rolled it all back, so... Uh, would love for you to come back, but of course I'll just, I'll be here no matter whether you're on Patreon with me or not. And I want to thank the Patreon producers who are here with me. These are the kind of folks who pledge at the $20 level or higher each and every month, which gets them their name mentioned that I'm about to do. It gets them uh, a, f- a bonus episode that's exclusive to Patreon uh, pledgers every month. It gets them early access to each week's episode as well. So I want to say hi to the newest Patreon producer, Aaron Greenberg. And then of course, say hello to everybody else. Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, 
Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, and Orion Coates. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, you really do, at this point, make the podcast possible for how much time goes into it. That support really means the world to me. Uh, Abstract Ocean, a lot of you are gobbling up those puddle lights for SX3 or uh, just grabbing the Tesla logo one. You can get any of the car logos or the Tesla logo. Find those at abstractocean.com along with a number of other Tesla accessories. They seem to specialize in lighting accessories in particular, better lighting kits for the interior, that kind of thing. But they also have uh, stuff for you like Tesla lanyards. So uh, if you happen to be taking a look there for some stuff, some Tesla stuff, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout, and you will get 20% off of your very first order with Abstract Ocean. Subscribe to the podcast if you do not already. That way it downloads to you rather than you having to go download it. You can subscribe on most major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. You can also pick up individual MP3s or the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is found at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Email me. Again, uh, you heard it earlier, but teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to get a hold of me via email, you can also find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. That wraps it up for the 124th edition of Ride the Lightning. Again, uh, no rest, no vacation, but it wouldn't matter. No, I, I again, I take it. I, I think it's very important that the show stay on a routine uh, I will be here for you. Hopefully, I'll have some fun stuff to talk about over the next couple of weeks as I do expect things to maybe slow down because uh, I know Tesla will be working very hard on Model 3 production, so we'll see what other news sprouts up over the coming weeks. But again, I've got, I've got a couple of good ideas for evergreen kind of content that, that I hope will make these next couple of year-end episodes uh, pretty fun. So stay tuned for those. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I will see you back here for episode 125 here on, uh, I guess it's going to be uh, Christmas Eve. That'll be the Christmas Eve episode. So, again, have a great week, everybody. Happy holidays. Stay safe out there if you're driving because uh, people tend to get crazy when they're stressed out, holiday traffic, that whole thing. Keep yourself, keep your family, keep your Teslas safe. Well, your, at least your Teslas keep you safe. You just got to keep yourself and your family safe. So, uh, have a fantastic holiday season. And again, I will see you back here as usual, next week.